Hello, and welcome to Marathon Swim Stories, where we explore the human side of the superhuman feats of endurance swimmers and those who support them. I'm marathon swimmer and coach, Shannon Keegan. A swimmer since childhood and Maltese representative in Athens Olympics, Neil Ajus always talked about swimming around Malta. Eventually, his girlfriend got tired of him talking about it and told him to either do it or quit bringing it up. His first epic marathon swim, Neil describes the feeling of completing the 70-kilometer circumnavigation of his home island as intense. Even so, he wanted more. Just two short years later, Neil has successfully completed a 102-kilometer swim from Sicily to Malta, all the while creating a wave of change for a cause we can all get behind, cleaner seas. We talk about the importance of mental preparation, building a team, and so much more in this episode. Enjoy. Neil, good to see you today. What's your story? <laughs> and that, that's it. We'll start. And don't that's know. it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my story is I started swimming at a very young age when uh, I was seven. My mom sent me to swimming lessons and it was mostly because I was super hyper at home. So I think it was more a case of where am I going to send him? Let me get him out of the house. Um, I need him out of my house so I can basically do my own things at home and be able to keep up with the housework and everything, I guess. Um, and from then, I basically was quite good at it straight away, which obviously when you're young and when you're that age, it's it's fun to be good at something, you know? So I would just tell my mom, send me again, send me again. I want to go more, I want to go more. Um, and from then it developed into me taking it up as a full, full, full on sport. So as you know, swimming is quite intensive on your schedule. So before I knew it, I was doing 10 sessions a week and and swimming lots of kilometers. And I was always a distance swimmer in the pool. I qualified for the Olympics in 2004. Um, wow, what was that like? <laughs> um, to be honest, I was too young to actually understand what okay, it really was. How old were you? I was 17. Okay. When I swam in the Olympics, it was in Athens in 2004. And I was, it was, I couldn't really understand what a big deal it was, I knew, but not as I would go if I had to go now, if you know right. what I mean. What yeah. kind of a stage it was. Um, so I didn't get the most out of it, let's put it that way. Um, I also had attended, uh, took part in quite a few world championships in Barcelona and Melbourne, in, I uh, can't even remember them all, in Dubai as well. There were a couple of others too. And then when I was 24, I kind of said, okay, I'm done with the done with swimming, I've done everything I could, I'm at quite a few number of national records that I was holding at that time, um, and so I said, okay, I'm done, but I always said, like, I wanted to to swim around Malta, that was how, one of my, on my bucket list. How, how far and is that? That's 70 kilometers. Okay. Um, and uh, it was always something that I was keen on doing, and it's, 
took quite a few number of years till I actually got down to doing it. It was seven years later when, when we were on holiday, um, me and my girlfriend, me and my partner, and I was telling her, like, I think I want to do it still. And she's like, listen, you're either going to do it or stop talking about it. <laughs> right, right, yeah. And then she's like, stop talking about it. And I think it was to prove a point to her um, why I did it. So then I hadn't swam for seven years and... Uh, I trained for six months and so I'm around Malta. Wow. So that was your first marathon swim? Yeah. 70 yeah. kilometers around Malta? Yeah. Wow. And before that, the longest swim I had done was 10 kilometers. Okay. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a big jump. What was the training yeah. like for that over that six months? Um, it was good but it was very new territory like so we were didn't really have a program i was my own coach um and kind of figuring out as i went along how or what would work best for for something like that um and when the, the year of i swam around malta was the year wave of change was born which is now becoming a foundation this year because um we really thought that okay you you're gonna do this swim you're gonna get a lot of attention I'm not the biggest fan of attention, so let's direct it towards towards something else. Mm-hmm. And when when I decided in January, I knew straight away that I wanted to divert the attention onto a, a better cause than than me swimming around around the island. So I was thinking, what could it be? What could it be? And it took until March um, till when I decided what the real the real cause is going to be, and it was to to raise awareness about cleaner seas. Um, to plastic, single-use plastic use, and from there, Wave of Change was born. Um, but the way I've kind of finally had decided why, why to do it for this reason, it was my first night swim in March, first time swimming at night. Beautiful experience, so quiet, so blissful, really, 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 really nice experience. And going in, can hear my hands entering the water, you could hear the propeller of a boat, this 300 meters away 400 meters away and you hear it like it's it's right behind your ear <laughs> and then all of a sudden i swam into a plastic bag that engulfed my head completely <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> and to say i lost five years of my life is an understatement because i really really did get a big fright really big oh my fright gosh. wow um, and uh, and that was where i thought like some the ocean was calling me out to be its voice. Yeah. So um, immediately I knew what the cause was going to be. Um, then we came up with wave of change. And two years later, we're becoming a foundation now. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. And so that was two years ago that you swam around Malta. No, yes. it was your training but for that swim. Now, two and a half years ago, really yeah. now. Okay. Wow. Um, and that was my first swim. And when I finished that swim, I was like, okay, this is interesting. Yeah. Let's see if I can do more. Um, what did it feel like? Tell me what it felt like to finish that big, that first big swim that you'd been thinking about for so long. What yeah. was that like? Um, it was quite intense because I didn't realize how much of it would be a mental thing. So mm-hmm. I was preparing myself physically, but not really mentally. Yeah. Um, so I was quite grumpy for quite a few of the last part of it. So a good 30% of it. And I wasn't very happy in the water, but there wasn't any point where I was going to get out of the water. Mm. There was this no option. When I'm doing these swims, there's no, 
file options abort like that doesn't exist doesn't like the, <laughs> yeah the abort button is 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 blanked out like it doesn't work so it wasn't a question of stopping but it wasn't as pleasant you know right. um and i hadn't swam for a long time so my shoulders were getting tired and so um it was it was quite intense let's put it that way but when I got out and I had the medics over there and they checked my blood and my oxygen to the blood and my blood pressure and they're like, they asked me, are you sure you're the guy who swam? <laughs> everything was perfect. So that was kind of got me thinking as well to, okay, I think I want to do more. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. and, and then from then, basically the year after, I wanted to do something a little bit less so it won't be so intense because it was quite intense basically so I swam around Goza which is our sister island okay and that is seven kilometers how much you said 37 oh, 37 okay yeah and I did that in 10 hours and two minutes wow. what was um, that, like? that was fine it was good it was it was like easy. I, 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 <laughs> it was equally as hard because obviously it was shorter than I was trying to go faster and then it became a bit of a different kind of swim if you know what i mean uh -huh. um so it was still intense but it was good mm -hmm. then the then the plan started to swim from sicily to malta and initially the closest point to point is 87 and and our and when i had my first meeting with my team i'm like okay i want to swim like 95 kilometers i don't know how i came up with that number but um just like pull it out of the air <laughs> Yeah, let's go a little bit further up and further down and my team's like, what do you mean? Like, it doesn't make sense. No one's going to know what you just, you need to just swim from point to point. I'm like, no, let's swim from there to there. Like, that's where I want to swim from. Um, and a lot of planning and ended up with a team of 20, 20 people to come with me. So I'm super lucky and super, a lot of people support me so much in these swims, which which make it easier for me. I mean, I always joke with them and tell them I have the easy job. I just have to put one hand in front of the other right. and all you lot panic, worry, freak out and do everything else for me. So I have the easy job and they have the, the hard job. Mm. And a week before the swim, um, I was going to the list of uh, the Maritime Swimming Federation. And I was like, if I had five kilometers, then I'm going to jump quite a few spaces in the in the rankings. So I spent uh, a week with them, with the team trying to decide. I kind of knew it was going to happen, but they told me, think about it. Sit back, think about it. You think five kilometers is nothing now, but an extra couple of hours after so many hours, is not gonna be easy. And I'm like, okay, okay, I'll think about it when really and truly I knew it was always gonna happen. Like there's no, there wasn't any thing. So, and then obviously I waited for a few days and I'm like, guys, I really thought about it, but um, I think I'm gonna do it. So they went back to the drawing board, trying to extend the swim, trying to, yeah. And here we are today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So tell us about that swim. Uh, that swim was, I think, easier than round wall time. Um, yeah, I was well prepared. I trained hard. Um, 
I trained all the way through to COVID. Um, when we were in lockdown, semi-lockdown, we never really had a full lockdown here, but it was a semi-lockdown. So I didn't really have work. So I was kind of a full-time full-time swimmer, <laughs> <laughs> which, which kind of helped. But what was really tricky was that whenever we were trying to speak to the to the government or the officials to be able to get permits to do the swim, everyone would tell me, you what are you asking? People are dying, people are we're trying to order ventilators, we're trying to do this, and you're asking me if you can swim from Sicily to Malta. Like, no, you can't swim from Sicily to Malta. Um, and that's, and I'm like, didn't take no for an answer. I let it be for a while, let it sit, um, and did all the training. And then obviously when all kind of Europe went into a lockdown, then the cases obviously started going down. And, and then I'm like, okay. And it was really going down at the right time towards the beginning of June, mid June. And then we asked again and they said, yes, you can do it. Cause that's when the borders were starting to open again and the airports opened. So, um, two weeks before the swim, I found out that I can do it basically. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> Good thing you'd been training, right? <laughs> I did everything. There was everything. I was tapering. That was, that was on the easy parts. I did all my long swims, um, except that I did completed all my training swims, except for the longest one, which was, I did a training swim where I was going to swim from 10 PM till 10 AM. And then I'm going to rest from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. and swim again from 10 p.m. till 10 a.m. Mm -hmm. And I didn't complete that swim because the I, my first 12 hours, I rested for 12, went back to the sea, and it was way too rough. Um, oh. I got in and I was being thrown over. It was dark. There were jellyfish hitting me on the, my back. It was kind of everything. I couldn't see anything. It was, so I had to stop. And so I didn't complete my longest swim. And uh, my girlfriend was like, okay, when are you going to do this? Are we going to go next week? You're going to try again? And I'm like, no, there's no time now. That's, that was it. Like, and she's like, what are you going to do? I'm like, deal with it. Hey, there's nothing really I can do about it, you know? And so it's pointless really thinking about it. But when these things kind of happen, it doesn't really get stuck on my mind. Yeah. It's kind of when I was swimming, I wasn't really thinking... Oh, I didn't do my longest swim. And I'm like, I forgot that I hadn't done that, you know. Right, exactly. Too many after that, for me to to think about the to think about it, you know. Since then, it was gone. Oof. Yeah. Um, but I did a lot more work um, on my mental side as well before this swim. Um, a lot of meditating, a lot of sitting down in a room, just being still, doing nothing, thinking of nothing. Um, and it really made a very big difference, you know. So I was much calmer throughout the swim. I was enjoying it a lot more. I enjoyed it all the way through. Oh, wow. um, and I did, and I finished 100 kilometers in 28 hours and seven minutes. Fantastic. Uh, did you submit that one to MSF? To the marathon I, I just finished doing the the reports and everything, so I, I finished it yesterday. So I'm gonna send it. Tomorrow. <laughs> okay. I'm a bit relaxed with these things, <laughs> um, but it will get there. There's no rush. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, no, of course not. Um, yeah, and you well, you just finished that swim. Was it August? In June, end of June. 
end of uh, June. Okay. I, I watched yeah. the video. I'll have to put a link to the video in your in the um in the show notes for people. It's a great, it's a great video. There's a documentary about it, yeah. That's fantastic. Um yeah. Um, so I do you recommend, um, I've talked to different types of swimmers about getting through that kind of that mental stuff. So f- are you one of those people who can kind of clear your mind when you're, when you're swimming or do you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, with me, it works with the, with my hands entering, entering the water. So it's the same repetitive movement. And then two minutes into that, I'm, I'm gone. I'm into a different kind of state of mind, I would say. That's great. That's great. Um, tell us about the swim you're most proud of. It has to be this one, yeah. yeah. I mean, this, it went really, really well. I, the team was fantastic. Everything, nothing else could have gone any, any better. You know, I was joking with the crew. I would like halfway through, um, they'll be having their lunch on the boat, and I stop and I'd be like, okay, can someone at least call someone, get me a pizza delivered by boat, yeah. and they're like. <laughs> What? what? <laughs> like they were panicking for a second. I'm like, I'm good with my with my juice, guys. I'm joking, you know. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Um, and another time, like when we were towards the end, maybe the last three hours, um, I told them, like, uh, guys, I'm really tired. I think I'm just gonna get out and stop. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, freaking, no, it's we're right there. I'm like, guys, I'm gonna stop. Like, <laughs> you know. So just having a little bit of fun with it as well, and. There were tough points though. There were the night, I'm, and I'm a big fan of swimming at night. I really, really get into my own. I do most of my training at night because the sun is very strong here and I have to work after my swims as, as well. So um, I most of my swims will be start at 3 a.m. or then 2 a.m., then 1 a.m. Then as long as they get, I always finish at um, 10 a.m. And then it just keeps going backwards, backwards. So I, then I can carry on with my day, going to work and oh, wow. what, need, what needs to get done. Um, so when I started the night part, I was fine. It was, it was fine. It was good. Um, but when it came to around 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning, I was in the water for 23 hours by then. And I started getting stung by jellyfish. It's like marks. And mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, started getting bitten by jellyfish. My body temperature started to drop. Um, feeling cold. It was getting rough. Um, it was so rough at a point that um, the boat, when it stopped, kind of turned a little bit. And I lost my, or I got disorientated of which way we were going, and I started swimming back to <laughs> Sicily. <laughs> and I'm swimming, and I'm like, all of a sudden I'm with the current, not against the current. So I'm like, oh, all right, I think we can do this. Like, and everyone on the boat is screaming and telling me to stop, and I was thinking they were telling me go, go, and I'm. <laughs> much with my team everything needs to be super chilled like it has to be a calm atmosphere unless you're going to scream for the next 14 hours till we arrive <laughs> I stopped to tell them to shut up basically to stop shouting or or like you know like relax guys it's good we've got a long way to go and they told me we're going the wrong way <laughs> that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah so then basically those last hour and a half until sunrise came up sunrise did save me. I mean, sunrise was 
a shift in everything, a shift in myself. As soon as the sun even came up a little bit, I was already feeling warmer. When you're that cold, anything, even if someone just blows some hot air, like that, <laughs> you'd be like, ah, oh, yes, it's warmer, you know? So yeah. um, that's a big shift. And, and then on the team principal, Simon had come up to me on the last five kilometers. And he's like, listen, if you, push the last five kilometers, you're going to swim a really good time. And I'm like, like, I do it. He's like, yeah, do it. And I swam the last uh, 4.5 kilometers in an hour and 10 minutes. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you got a bunch left. You're ready for more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then I think I'm going to do, I'm definitely going to do a longer one now. Um, let's just say it will take me over 40 hours. Nothing's been announced yet, but... It should take around 40, 45 hours, depending on conditions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exciting. Very exciting. Yeah. Is that picture yeah, you sent of you of you underwater, that blue, is that actually how blue the water is? Yep. Amazing. That's so cool. Blue it is. Yeah. I'll, have to put that, I'll have to put that with your recording for sure. It's a beautiful picture. <laughs> it is. Um, I had a really good photographer, Kurt Arrigo was the photographer, and he had his underwater cameras and had everything to get some really good good shots so very lucky to have those memories yeah yeah that's great did you do warm feeds at night when you were um yeah i do coffee and um but warm but my food was very basic it was a juice Uh one stop every 30 i'll stop every 30 minutes Mm -hmm. every 29 minutes for one minute and there's no changing it. There's no nothing. And one feed was a juice that was specifically made for me with, with a lot of um, high in calorie carbs, protein, like there's a lot in it, but it's just liquid food. And then the next one will be a, a slow releasing gel that I'll have. Um, and then uh, just a soft energy ball with some peanut butter in it. And, and then on repeat those three for six, 50 something stops. You don't get bored, bored of eating the same thing. It's not a priority. I don't need to, you know what I mean? For me, it's just feeding to, to do what I'm there to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And if yeah. these things give me the energy, then I don't, don't need anything else. You know, I don't need this or that or the other thing or anything else. It just has to be, you're there to do something, you know? So it's fine. If I eat the same thing for a day, it's not, nothing bad's going to happen. Right, right. Yeah. I'm I'm curious though if you do eat the same thing like all the time, like out outside of the water. <laughs> no, no, then I would bury my food as much as possible. But yeah. when I'm swimming, then that's what it is, that's what works. My stomach can handle it easily. Yeah. Um and it gives me enough energy. It's good that I I have a um a mixture of things that works liquid food that that's um I don't need to chew anything. I mean, the energy balls are soft. I can squash them with my tongue. Um, so it doesn't, it's, it makes life easier, you know? So I don't need to think about anything. Yeah. It makes planning easier too, right? When you're yeah. getting ready for the boat, you're just like, you could calculate yeah. it out. <laughs> they have, they have a schedule. It's one, 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 one. So there's no, what do you want? What do you want next? Oh yeah, I'll have this and I'll have that. Um, you know, this, that's out. There's Where's no- my pizza? <laughs> No thinking about that either. Right. Yeah. 
Um, what do you do? How do you adapt kind of when, when the, when the conditions get rough in the middle of one of those big swims, how do you tackle um, that? I think it's just really not trying to blow it out of proportion of how bad it is, is one of the things. So yes, it's getting rough, but if you're going to start, your mind is going to go, it's getting rough. I'm, I can't, I'm getting too tiring. I'm swallowing water. The water's coming over my head. I mean, you just have to kind of just move your, shift your mind to something else. If you get yeah. stuck in it, your mind can take you to very, very, very dark places and mm. it can destroy you very, it can wind you down completely. So I have some songs on that I would ask them to play at specific times that get me into a certain mood and into a certain mindset. And, and those are super important for me as well. So if I'm getting myself into a, somewhere, then I would tell them what song to play. And then that kind of, so then the next stop I have, that will be the song playing. And as soon as that is played, then that triggers that emotion and my mind shifts out of it. That's great. Yeah, good advice. Um, how about your swimming technique? Has it evolved or changed since th over time with having done the Olympics, whatever, you very strong prestigious history? The way I work is that um, my speed goes according to the number of strokes. I need to do less than 50 strokes per minute. If I'm going more to doing more than 50 strokes, between 48 and 50 strokes, then I'm going too fast. And that is one of the biggest problems people will do. They've trained so hard for a, a long distance event that the first two, three kilometers of it, they they basically have all this energy because they're like, oh, wow, yes, let's go, boom, I can do this all day, all day. And then all of a sudden, it smacks you in the face, boom, no, you can't do this all day. You were going way too fast, you know? So I, the people on the boat will be counting my strokes and will be telling me to slow down and make sure I'm in this, this bracket of, of stroke counts. Yeah, and that makes that makes all the difference, and that's how I know what speed I will be going at as well, mm -hmm. because we have we just have a a stopwatch on my hand that obviously I just count the strokes while I'm swimming, and that will tell me how fast I'm going in my head, you know, more or less what I what speed I will be going at. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, what's been the how's the pandemic been for you? um it's been okay i guess i mean it's tough with work i have my own swimming school so i give swimming lessons as as my job um so obviously with the children it's been a little bit iffy jiffy they haven't been really allowed to come to the the sessions or parents aren't feeling too comfortable about that happening um so it has been okay though i guess i mean we can't really complain it's that it's for us it's i think it's about surviving not making money yeah. You know, so as long as we're surviving, I can live with very little. I don't really need any materialistic things in my life. I just have my seat, <laughs> have some things at home, and I'm not really like too fussy that I need to have these lavish things or anything that is too extreme, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's, um, um, not familiar with the stats for Malta, but has it been, have you guys had, are you, are you guys able to like control the outbreak there? We've been super lucky. I think we're like in this little bubble over here because the weather has been so good all winter as well. We can always meet somebody outside. And if you have friends over in your house, you can open a window and the air circulates a lot okay. more. Um, yeah. 
So we've never actually gone into a full lockdown. We, at the moment, the bars are closed, but we still go to work. We're limited with numbers in restaurants, li limited with numbers around certain areas and whatnot. And we're not allowed to gather in groups of more than 10 outside. Okay. Yeah. Apart from that, it's um, uh, business as usual. So I think we're in quite a bubble compared to, to at least the rest of Europe, let's say that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good to be on an island sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what, how about, so shifting back to swimming, what, what motivates you to, to keep going? What makes you want to keep pushing distance? Um, I, for me, I think it's become a personal challenge to myself. And from these swims and with Wave of Change, we really created a movement of inspiring people to, to do more, to want to be more, um, more what's the word i'm looking for more more active and they want to care for the environment more we have like this campaign where people pick up three pieces of plastic post it online and another three people do it and it really picks up nicely when we're when we're at the peak of the swim and then even till today from the swim when people go into cleanups they tag our page and wave of change and always asking us for advice so it's it feels like it's my my duty and I will be selfish not to do more. If I have the ability to do these swims and these can inspire a nation and can inspire, make people want to be better than, for themselves, be better for everyone around them, then I think it will be selfish for me not to do them. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love that wave of change. Um, how can people find out more about wave of change or be part of it? There we have our website, wave of change Malta. Dot com and basically you could sign our pledge form which will help you inspire you to commit to picking up the three pieces of plastic and also become like this plastic police where if you see someone else littering it's your duty to go and go and tell them listen this is not the right way to dispose of what you're doing and there's other ways and and educate each other and this is what it's all about everybody educates each other we do not um, do any crowdfunding or pick up any donations from from individuals from people because what if, if you have to come up to me I want how can I help you how can I give you money and for us it's give us your time we don't want your money we want your time so your time is to pick up three pieces of plastic and hashtag wave of change and create a movement like that rather than always asking people for money it's their time do, is more precious right do more <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, tell us a little bit about what it's like putting together a big crew like that for a big swim. Yes. Um, well, it's Gordon, who is kind of the one who helps me with the logistics side of it, it's him who's the, the one who helps me create this team that I have now. Because um, for me, it's like, oh, let's just grab a boat, go there, swim, and right. we'll figure it out as we go along. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> my risk assessment to myself isn't the isn't the greatest um, but then Gordon is like no we need to have a navigation team and then we need to have um, two other boats where one of them is going to have the people on it who are going to prepare your food who are going to drive the sailing boats and then there's the other boat where there's be this crew swapping because if it's going to be 28 hours we need the driver to be focused so every two hours the driver changes every two hours the motivator changes every two hours the observer changes and every two hours the feeder changes so everyone has a shift and everyone has a role and 
people getting the boats, from transferring them from one to the other, and there's a lot happening. So there are two doctors, so they can be on shift as well. Um, I think it's it's one of the keys to have a team and to the more groundwork you do before the swim, apart from the training with the logistics, with the weather routers, with with creating the, the perfect space, then your 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 base is bigger. So when you go up and you do longer swims and longer and longer, then you're much steadier on the top. And if you don't prepare, then you have a very narrow base, and then it gets when times get tough, then it starts wobbling. But yeah, my team is for me is the, the, the my biggest asset for sure. Yeah, that's fantastic. Have you had the same people on your team for each of your swims? Um, no, the first swim around Malta, the team was much smaller. Um, and now this one is the one where kind of we managed, we expanded it. We, and now kind of this is the the team. And this is another reason why I want to do another swim next year straight away because I have the team. I have everyone in place. I have everyone ready, gearing to go. I'm ready to go. If I say I'm going to take a year of swimming slowly to do it next year, so I'll be more fresh, more alive. I'm, it's, you don't know what's going to happen in another year's time. So exactly, yeah. Now's the chance. Take it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. Um, let's shift a little bit to um, how can we include more people in marathon swimming, or I don't know. How do you recruit people even for your swim school? Um, for my swim school, my swim school is mostly I learn to swim, and then I would obviously have the 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 fitness classes and the ones who actually do open water and whatnot. I think it's just making it fun and not making it so serious and having a laugh during the session, you know, that's when we need to work hard, we work hard, but the other time let's have a laugh, let's have a giggle, let's do relays, let's not make it always about being better, let's make it about building a community and once they, you build that community, then they come for the coffee after the session to have the coffee with them for the session. But at least they come to the pool, whichever reason it's for, you know, at least they come to the to the right place. Um, so, yeah, that's what we have, a really nice group of adults who really come to, to, be, to have a community. And once you build that community, then the community will grow and grow and grow because they want to go and tell their friends, listen, we do this. It's so much fun. We go for coffee after. We pretend to go to work and then we go swim again. And and I think that's the key to it becoming more popular and always safety as well when they're going into swimming the sea that it needs to be a safe environment and don't let anyone do what they're not ready to do. Yeah. One, you don't look good as a coach. And two, they don't look good or oh, won't be happy and won't come back. You know, that's my one rule to them. I'll never make you do something I don't think you're capable of. Yeah, because you push them and they don't they might not think they're capable of doing it but if I think they're capable of doing it then they can do it you know but if someone comes to tell me like, I want to swim a 40 kilometer swim a 50 kilometer swim a 10 kilometer swim and they're not ready or a two kilometer swim they're not ready I'm like listen it's not happening like there's no way that's happening or else if I, they want to swim at two and I tell them they're ready to swim at 10 then I'll make sure that it happens yeah. So always keep them within their limits. Don't make them do their anything they're not capable of. Yeah, that's good. That's good advice. And just kind of expanding on that advice, what advice would you give to aspiring marathon swimmers? Um, aspiring marathon swimmers is really like I mentioned before. Work on your the mind mindset of it all. I think it's in the in a long swim the physical part comes and it's a hundred percent. 
but you know exactly what's coming, you know exactly how you're going to feel, and that's it, 100%. When it comes to your mind, there's no limits. It's, you could be trained and physically ready, but if in your mind you're not, then it will break you down. So um, you really need to take both of them hand in hand and really see what works for you, what, what you can do to control your mind and be able to not let it run away with you. I think that's, that's one of the biggest things for, for if you really want to go for long swims, then that's what you need to do. And you need to know how to entertain yourself as well. It's important. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's good advice. Yeah, how to entertain yourself. I don't think I've heard that one before. I've asked this question to a lot of people, but I don't think anyone said you got to know how to entertain yourself, but it's very true. (laughs) Content, happy to be with yourself. Yes, yes, for sure, for sure. Uh, What marathon swimmer has inspired you? Um, There are quite a few, I would say. Mostly it all started from, from pool swimmers, like when I was younger, um, Michael Klim from Australia and um, all these were really like my my idols I would say and then when I stopped I kind of still followed but not so much and then I had the opportunity to do these op- or longer swims and then there's the um, ocean Mo- Adam Walker he is mm-hmm. yeah yeah, him. yeah. Um, he's one that's really the way he swims nice and long and slow it's very much very similar to how I like to swim. It's a long stroke, slower for longer is, is um, my, my motto. And also the four-way crossing of the English Channel. That's, that was a, yeah, that's a very special swim. I mean, in that cold, to do that, wow. Good job. Well done. She's, she's, she's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, good list. Um, I think I don't really have any other questions for you. Anything else you want to tell us? <laughs> um, yeah, maybe I'll tell you a funny story that when I was doing my, I'll give you one more funny story. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, when I was swimming from Sicily to Malta, obviously we're crossing between two islands that you can't see the other one when you're swimming, when you're basically halfway through or whatever you can't, you can't see anywhere. And so I was swimming and I'm like, okay, so this is during the day, still a bit fresh, still a little bit active. And I'm like, okay, so the shark has to come now and the shark in the sea, because there are sharks in the sea that I was swimming in. So it could easily happen. Um, and I'd say, okay, I'll just remain calm and I won't move. And if he decides to kind of attack me, then I'm going to stay there. And the last second, I'm going to dodge it, move, poke him in the eye and keep going. Uh, and then when the nighttime came I'm like I can barely see my hand in front of me because it was so dark and I'm like okay if he comes now I'm probably going to be in his mouth before I can actually move so <laughs> so yeah that was uh, something that came to my mind while I was swimming yeah so when you're thinking about sharks and you're in the middle of the ocean how do you and you've, you've okay so you're in in the light you know you're gonna you're gonna attack back <laughs> yeah <laughs> in the dark he's gonna get you how do you kind of how do you uh stay calm <laughs> um basically there's not much you can do at night i mean it's so you kind of like you're in it there's no abort button like i said there's no fire options abort so there's not, not really much to do. I might try and, you know, joking apart, what I try and do is, like I said, there's the music that really helps me shift my mind and 
if I'm thinking about that, okay, he said, it's time to count your strokes. Have a look and see what time the stopwatch is on. Count them, count to 50 strokes. Okay, we're good. What else are we going to do? Have a look and see what they're doing on the boat as well. You're looking at them the whole time. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, basically, get take your mind off it. And before you know it, the thought is gone and left, and you're still swimming. And if you are until it like, comes back, right? <laughs> then you go through it, repeat. <laughs> Oh, man. Thank you so much for sharing your story today, Neil. Oh, and pronounce your last name for me. Just right now. Neil Ajus. Ajus. Neil Ajus. Awesome. Thank you again. I really appreciate your time. It's been awesome to hear your story. Really awesome. Thanks, Shannon, so much. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. More than just a podcast, did you know that you can watch Marathon Swim Stories on YouTube? Or join us. We meet on Tuesdays at 5.30 a.m. Pacific, 8.30 a.m. Eastern, 13.30 GMT. Check out intrepidwater.com forward slash Marathon Swim Stories to see who's up next. Thank you for listening.